and we are live. Good morning, everybody. It's your favorite truck driver in the whole wide world, ex-truck driver, and the oldest man in crypto, Patrick. <laughs> Pushing. There are older. There are older. Well, unfortunately, and God rest in peace, Mr. Munger yeah. is longer with us. Well, he wasn't in crypto. Oh, yeah, he was. No, no, no. Oh, no. Well, he... Well, may, not, and he wouldn't admit it. Right. He may not have been, but actually Berkshire Hathaway is. Oh, yes. Well, their business was buying real estate for the crypto city out in Nevada, right? Bingo. Blockchains LLC, who who I heard recently has gone defunct. They're selling all the land at a discount now. Something. Three three point five cents on the dollar. Yeah, no, that's a different place we're going to talk about. Oh, okay, okay. Like yeah. I asked you pre live. What are your thoughts going on with freaking Binance? I, I'll give you my opinion, then you roll with yours. I think BlackRock basically told them, we need to be number one. We at BlackRock need to be number one. Right now, number one is Binance. So, since we basically own your asses, you need to get rid of Binance. So, here comes happy-go-lucky Gary Genzer. <laughs> Let's see what Binance has. And that's why they're going after... Plus, remember that CZ is who technically brought down Sam at FTX. Right. Well, there he technically brought them down by because of the deal that they were trying to strike. But CoinDesk, CoinDesk had an article ready to go that was going to put out all of the. Uh, all of the fine points uh, that uh, from audits that said this is this is a paper sham, um, and it's just that CZ got there first, and and, and rightfully so because he was going to get stuck holding FTT. Yep. Um, yes. Yeah, and and so he he legitimately did that because uh, he didn't want to get stuck holding the bag, but CoinDesk. CoinDesk was just going to skull them uh, into oblivion. <laughs> so fill in the blanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of a, they had been triangulated um, in terms, and uh, FTX had been, um, in terms of their um, immoral, unethical, sleazy behavior uh, yes. 
and and I know you had wondered if if uh, now apparently there are people who are suing the advertisers of Binance. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a cold day in hell before that goes anywhere. And remember, there's two entities here. There's Binance and there's Binance US. Um, yes. There, there should have been, I can't remember the cat's name, but there should have been um, uh, an understanding that there was trouble in the air when the guy who had been named the president and CEO of Binance US and CZ was the chairman, if I remember correctly. And that cat came out of, he was in the Trump administration in the comptroller of currency office, if I remember that properly. Um, and he went from government agency to Binance US and realized that after like three months that Binance US was being run by CZ and he could point out all of the things that he wanted accomplished and it was going to be overridden by CZ anyway. And so he said, I'm not going to be part of this folly and walked away. At that point, we all should have gone, uh-oh, there's there's something rotten in Denmark, <clears throat> right? And, and that's that problem is with Binance US. Now, Binance US, just by its configuration, is going is a US entity is going to have to contend with that legal situation. But Binance, good luck. Yeah. What I heard happened with the Trump guy was now mind you I, I say Trump guy, but he wasn't really a Trump guy. He didn't support Trump. Right? Trump put him in place because of a recommendation. Right? Trump had no idea who this cat was. It's just one of Trump's advisors, which we know he had some bad advisors. Uh, re recommended this guy. And at that time, the comptroller's position and under wasn't on the top of Trump's mind. But this guy came in to the Binance U.S. Corporation and said, this is how you'll be legal in America. And it was basically KYC, track everybody who uses the service. Not only that, but you have to allow cookies on each of the transactions. This is where people screw up. Right. Remember, these are blockchain transactions. And inside of a blockchain transaction, you can have information in each of the transactions. Right. So part of the government 
What the government wants is something that is kind of like a cookie in each of the transactions on the blockchain. That's their ultimate goal. Because then they can track the cookie through all of it, even if you put it in in a scrambler, the cookie, the message linked with the coin or the transaction comes out the other side on the coin. So that's, now see, Exodus doesn't do that. They have no, they have no excess information on, written into the transaction on each movement out of the wallet because they don't have any of the information. They don't have your email. They don't have your, I, uh, uh, internet service provider. They don't have um, your IP address. They don't want it. Right. They don't want it. And how Exodus gets around it is that they don't sell their product. They don't sell anything. All they do is offer a wallet and then take a percentage and Exodus does not have an Exodus token. Never will. So the SEC has nothing on Exodus. Nothing. They They are an open source provider to work within what Ben just described, <clears throat> your best course of action is at an exchange. Doesn't matter which one. You're going to buy a stable coin. It's Tether. It's USDC, whatever. You're going to take it from that exchange and you're going to send it to your Exodus wallet. That's all you buy at the exchanges. Now, two things happen there. If during the five, six day period where the transaction has to clear the value of that crypto of the cryptocurrency you were going to buy drops because you bought it at stable uh, with a stable coin and it's pegged at the dollar, the value that you're going to be buying at is now discounted. Yep. Second, or if it goes up. Yeah. Well, if it goes up, it goes up. Okay. Yeah. You're catching the ride on the way up. You're not going to lose that much. Um, but you're, the one thing you don't want to have happen is you don't want it to be on uh, the value of Bitcoin or Litecoin or whatever on the descend when you buy it at the exchange and then send it over to your Exodus wallet. And now everything that you're going to acquire within Exodus is going to be at a premium price. So yeah. you're taking that USDT or USDC over to the Exodus wallet and your transactions occur in there two things happen. You have protected transaction detail, 
It's only between you and Exodus. Nobody knows what you bought when or anything along those lines. And secondly, when it comes time, <clears throat> and this is not financial advice, this is merely entertainment value information. This is what I do. When it comes time, when it comes time, and you want to liquidate, that's right, see the fine print at the bottom, and you want to liquidate, you'll exchange whatever cryptos you bought in Exodus for Tether or USDC, and then move it to your exchange and take it out. You don't have a taxable event. Hang on one second. VIP says, don't use headlines that create the feeling of panic. Hey, VIP, fuck off. We're not done yet, buddy. Yeah, you want to hear panic. <laughs> Have a nice hot cup of the fuck up. Yeah, um, my show, bitch. Anyway, um, <laughs> you'll move it back to the exchange, and you don't have a taxable event until you exceed the basis, uh, the dollar amount that you have acquired in uh, that stable coin. So you've bought $10,000 over the course of time. You That $10,000 that you moved back through uh, from Exodus to the exchange and into your uh, bank, is fine until you exceed one ten thousand dollars, and then it becomes a taxable event. Keep track of all that stuff, but that's that's your uh, that's your behind the veil, and nobody can see what I'm doing because nobody should see what you're doing. Your business, yeah. your business, and the reason I use such a sensational headline is because Patrick and I, well, mostly Patrick, has received the phone calls. Oh, no, I think I got hacked. I'd, somebody moved my $300,000 worth of cryptos. What should I do? We've received those pairs. So should we pass on your advice and we should tell those people who lost over a quarter of a million dollars. Why are you using such passionate language? Why don't you just settle down? Because it's a quarter of a million dollars. This is people's retirement. I, the reason I wrote Alert, alert, crypto wallets are failing. Get your coins off now is because guess what? Crypto wallets are failing. Get your fucking coins off now. Hey, uh, Patrick, you're going to play judge. Your Honor, I'd like to, I'd like to enter into evidence prosecutions. Example one. Now, I've never heard of this exchange, but an exchange called ZipMex proposes to pay creditors, that means people who, who had their coins on the exchange, 3.5 cents on the dollar. Woo! Boy, that makes you feel good. <laughs> Bargain basement prices, yeah. 
Yeah. I <laughs> I just like fucking with people uh, who are out in the chat. <laughs> it's this is an emergency, right? Because like like I said, mostly Patrick gets these phone calls. And we're human beings. So, I mean, Patrick's listening to these people, and I'm sure several of them have been very emotional phone calls. And we hear the loss. We hear these poor people who are, who have lost their retirement or a good chunk of it. And so, that emotion is is fresh in our minds and in Patrick's mind. So as he's putting these laptops together and having our employees put the laptops together over Caleb, Patrick is doing his due diligence not just because he owns the company, but because he hears the phone calls. He knows he's producing a product and he's trying to educate the people so that he gets less and less of those phone calls. That's his goal. That's our goal at Calix Solutions is to get zero. Somebody stole my crypto's phone call. So if I seem to sound or read emotional about the topic, it's because I am. I am emotional about people putting their hard hard-earned money into a technology and then having some piece of shit steal it from them. I don't like theft. Theft bothers me as it should bother you. So, I think this. Yes, sir. You had a list. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. This is a list. Now, this is not my list. I would not put no, no, this list. No. Right. Here's the five past hot wallets of December 2023. This is by Forbes. They say number one's Coinbase. Okay. Oh, hang on, David. All right. Number one's Coinbase. I completely disagree with this. Number one hot wallet that 
that basically means a wallet able to exchange. That's what a hot wallet is. A place you can purchase cryptos if you choose to. That's a hot wallet and it's based on a browser. Now, Exodus is not based on a browser, but it does have an internal exchange feature. Number one, in my opinion, should be Kraken. Kraken has never, ever been breached. They have a wallet? Huh? They have a wallet? Uh, they, well, how their exchange is coded, it is technically a hot wallet. All right. Now, Coinbase, don't get me wrong. For the beginner, it's great. Easy to use. And and if you're not purchasing large amounts, I think the Coinbase is fine. Number two, Safe Pal. Never used it, have no information on it. Patrick, how about you? What? No, never used it. Never heard of it. Yeah, I've, I've never heard of it either. Number three, crypto.com. Now, I, I know a guy who works at crypto.com. They are, from everything I know, they're a good company. They are. They're very security focused. Um, but that's all I know about them. I don't know the internal code. Uh, they are not open sourced. They are pro- proprietary coded wallet. So I don't know their code. And number four is exodus in my ranking i would have number one exodus number two kraken and the rest i guess i'd put like probably coinbase then crypto.com and I don't really have a number five. Well, actually, since I know the code with the actual Divi wallet, I would put the Divi wallet above Coinbase wallet. How about you, Benjamin? Yeah, yep. that's that's how I that's how I see it. I, yeah. Yeah. Although, yeah. What I what what I focus on is not the options the wallet has; it's what the wallet doesn't have that I focus on. Does it have all the junk code in it? Not necessary for the operation of the wallet. 
What I love about the Exodus wallet, and there's a link under the show for Exodus wallet. Right. What I love about the Exodus wallet is it's lean. Their code doesn't have a backdoor. Now, the thing with that is if you fuck up, there's no backdoor. <laughs> So you need to learn how to use Exodus before you use Exodus. And write that shit down. Yes. Yes. Say it again, Patrick. Write that shit down. Bingo. Your first thing you should do, password seed phrase. Bam. Write it down. If you can memorize the seed phrase, do it. Put it away and keep that shit quiet. Right? Don't talk. The first rule of Fight Club is we don't talk about Fight Club. There, there is a couple of points being made here. One was pen and paper, and the other one was... Um, the way that you end up doing it is engrave it on a metal plate. Um, you can do that. You can get an engraver. You can get sheet metal and put it on there and stick it inside of a safe if if you can. And there's there's the punch and steel. There's that. Um, but you can get a good engraver. Um, that'll work as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this was brought up also. This was brought up also um, uh, about Atomic Wallet. We were discussing, you know, the best, and and Atomic came up, and somebody said, "Well, what the hell's going on with that?" You and I had a discussion about it not too long ago. Um, uh, it it seems that they have the uh, perpetrator in custody uh, who was responsible for that. Um, uh, and was that an inside job? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Inside job. laughs> it, it happens right after there's an update uh, put out there, and suddenly, um, oh Jesus! You know, people are writing in saying, "Oh, but it was only one percent." Yeah. No, no. But oh. but to their failure, Atomic has has not address the situation they have gone silent on this and they're culpable um they will be fine there will be a lawsuit class action lawsuit filed i know that there's a couple of them that are being uh put together so if you if you suffered from that um if you were um affected by it you can go out and do a, a search on uh, atomic wallet class action lawsuit Um, And find, I think there were two um, agencies, two uh, law firms that were running um, uh, suits. So, uh, yeah. One one of the people who work here at the club actually got caught up in that. Yeah. 
and they are looking into the whole you know class action lawsuit thing. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Real quick point: engravers can be found on Amazon. Yes. Yep. And now, a quick word from the sponsor. We'll be right back. Are you buying and selling cryptos on the same laptop that you're using to browse the internet, read your email, and visit social media sites? If so, you're exposing your cryptos to theft. Whenever you're online, you're at risk of getting hacked and having your identity stolen. How would you feel if someone stole all of your cryptos? What would that do to your finances? Guard your cryptos with a safe and secure laptop from Calix Solutions. Each laptop is set up just for you and your cryptos, and then we walk you through exactly how it works. Don't risk the security of your cryptos. Order a crypto laptop from Calix Solutions now to secure your crypto future. Learn more at calixsolutions.io. All right. Now, for those of you who are into security, those of you who want freedom and value your coins, this is our website, right? We offer crypto laptops. We have Windows and Apple. And as you can see, there's a chat box that you can go on our website right now and ask questions to one of our employees right now if you own cryptos you should have a crypto only laptop it's your safe this is a wallet you don't hold your wealth in a wallet you hold your wealth in a safe right and the calyx solutions laptops crypto laptops are the safest way to hold your crypto we educate you right we educate you on how to use the laptop when we send it to you we do we do an hour zoom call with you or ish you know on how to set up your laptop so we don't leave you hanging we send you documentation the do's and don'ts. And as a client of Calix Solutions, you can call up Patrick or one of our employees and you can say, hey, uh, um, I'm thinking about adding this wallet. Have you heard any pros or cons? Or you send us a chat or an email. All right now, today at noon at 12 o'clock Eastern, Patrick and I are doing our Calix Solutions Cyber Stuff show. 
Patrick, how do they sign up for them? Or how do they get into the cyber stuff? Uh, first, you have to have a, a crypto laptop. Yep. Um, or a Liberty laptop. Folks with uh, Liberty laptops are welcome as well. Um, and then you go to the portal. Within the portal, you'll see a link to uh, Cyber Suites, and you'll go in there, and it'll ask you what you'd want to sign up for, whether it's the Cyber Stuff um, uh, subscription or the Helpline, which includes both uh, access to the videos and the live chat solution. Um, uh, That's actually known as like Crypto 911 service. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get we get quite a few quite a few calls on that. Um, it seems to be working out great. So, um, but that's how you get in and uh, sign up for it. Yeah. Good, good, good. All right. Um, that's that's it for this part of the show, Patrick. I will see you at. Uh, at 12 o'clock your time. Yep. 12 o'clock my time, 11 o'clock your time. Central. Yep. Yep. And uh, everyone else, we are going to the private server because we're going to watch a little video. It actually, Patrick, uh, do you have a couple minutes? Yeah. All right. I want you to look at this with me. Where the hell's my little pointer? All right. Is there's a video Oh, what happened to it? Interesting. Very interesting. I shared it, but it's not on my feed. That's odd. Hmm. All right, I'll have to actually find it. And, uh, hmm, that's unusual. Um, uh, what do you think's going on with OpenAI? Oh, that's a good question. That's that's a real good question. Um, I'm not sure exactly what's going on, but if if every I'm sure that a lot of people aren't aware that um, OpenAI is a not-for-profit, um, and it is owned by at least five organizations and microsoft is one of them the only for-profit element out of all of this is chat gpt um and when altman got um summarily booted um and the new establishment came in there was a revolution within the organization i think there was a letter that came out from like a hundred people um and they said we're not having it we're just not having it and um 
uh, and so they brought Altman back in because he was going to go work for Microsoft along with his co-founder who resigned the day that they got rid of Altman. This was all politics. This was all yeah. politics. Um, yeah, Altman's coming back. Um, so is the co-founder. Um, I'm sure they've strengthened their position in terms of uh, equity and everything else. I just thought it was interesting that Microsoft went, oh, well, we'll take you. Come on in. And they were going to have them run their AI. Um, it would obviously would have been competitive. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it is murky. Um, it is interesting. It is, uh, there's, it, it has the smell of Machiavelli to me. Um, yeah. yeah. There is definitely some fishy shit going on. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the funny thing is, too, he, recent, he recently raves the issue about um, the ethics associated with AI. And he was the guy that pushed it out there. Really? Dr. Yep. Frankenstein, you have any second thoughts about your monster? Is that what I get? No doubt. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's very, very unusual what's going on there. Oh, here it is. All right, let me bring this up. It's weird how I shared this tweet, but it's not showing up on my feed. I'll share it again. Fuckers. Or so you think. All right. I'm going to share this. All right. Oh, uh, Everyone watching on YouTube, click the link under here and join the private server because I'm not going to play this on YouTube because they'll flag me. So we're going over to the private server. Be right back. Am I hanging or am I going? You are hanging because I... I want your... I got That's fine. All right. I'm going to have this. I'm going to go here. All right. Here we go. I'm, I'm going I'm gonna to... And why would 700 people threaten to quit their job because he got fired? What happened at OpenAI last week is not a good thing. OpenAI just got bought out by big money, the military industrial complex, and big government. This was not a triumph for regulation or for safety or for anyone that cares about the human race. And I'm going to walk you through exactly why. Why would the board want him gone? Is it because Sam Altman testified to the U.S. Senate that AI requires regulation? Actually, Sam has been instrumental in pushing OpenAI, which was supposed to be a nonprofit for research and the betterment of humanity. He's been pushing it towards more and more business all along. Sam has been the primary driving force between changing the structure of OpenAI from a pure nonprofit to a partial for-profit. And I don't need to direct your attention any further than this to tell you that the person that is lobbying Congress for more regulation is not necessarily doing so because they actually want more regulation. A regulated monopoly is really dope. Let's see who was on the board. 
Siobhan Zillis, who has two children with Elon Musk and is the president of Neuralink, Musk's company that wants to put a computer chip in your brain. Actually, no, she's not on the board. She wasn't on the board right now. That's old news. Kelly Sims, who is the former head of comms for Twitter and a current partner at Thrive Capital, Thrive Capital, Jared Kushner's brother's company. She also is not on the board right now. They, these two, these people have nothing to do with it. Tara McCauley, who is Joseph Gordon-Levitt's wife and the founder of Fellow Robots, believes in effective altruism, which is the theory that rich people are super smart. Totally right. Effective altruism is fucking weird. Keeper, a Russian-born computer scientist, <laughs> the former CTO at Facebook, and like five or six other super smart computer people. That's not true. It was only a six-person board. What, what are you reading? This was the board. These guys fired those two. That's what happened. Like, this is the problem with people that... Let him, finish his thought. Let him finish his thought. This is the problem with people that. Oh, I wanted to try. He's absolutely right. This gal that he just played, she's full of shit. Oh, yeah. None, none of what she just said, except the, uh, the last one, the altruist. Yeah, they are bad shit. 